the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. 
I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. I was in a very, very difficult place. My wife and I were living in California. We had gone there to open a new church, but we had not gone there to open a church in the Spirit of God, for we had not yet enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. And so we did what we thought was best. We did what we felt inspired to do. We did what we were told by many others that this was the wise thing to do. We went with one year salary promised and $50,000 pledged to cover the cost of opening the new church. Shortly after arriving, renting a house, renting office space for the new church, beginning to work on opening it, both pledges fell through. These were from people who had contributed a great deal of money in the past to my ministry, people I trusted. But because circumstances in their lives changed, they were unable to keep their pledge. And so they withdrew it. We were soon in trouble because we ran out of money. Things became desperate. I said, if I can't, if I can't open a new church, I can at least pray. And so I set a time from 8 till 5, Monday through Friday, to pray. To go into an empty bedroom and lay on the carpet before the Lord and begin to pray. The prayer was hard work, but I had prayed many times like this before. And the Lord had answered but this time there was no answer from the Lord. It seemed that the skies were shut up above me. They were brass. And the earth was iron. I pleaded with the Lord to show me. Why am I not able to get through to heaven? 
I would have probably quit had I had another way. But I knew that I had to get to God or we were both in very serious trouble. I lay on my face hour after hour after hour seeking to enter into the throne room of God. And then a strange thing began to happen to me. I began to see a clear picture in my mind. And the picture I had was of the throne room of God. But there was a a fence between me and the throne room of God. And I recognized I had been blocked out of the throne room of God. I could not enter. So my prayer was not going to be heard. And I began to plead and plead before the Lord. Would he open that that way into the heavenlies? Would he open the way? Would he remove the fence? Day after day as I prayed, I fought against that fence that kept me from the throne room of God. I didn't understand. I had not enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. And then an experience that I won't share with you today a direct confrontation with the living God where he spoke to me audibly like I'm speaking to you. And then I went before the Lord the next day to begin to pray again, to try to pray, to get through. And to my astonishment, the fence was gone. And I saw myself walking into the throne room of God in a visual picture and laying on my face before the throne room of God and begin to cry aloud to him for deliverance, that he would remove the snare from my foot, that he would release me and my wife. And he answered and said yes. And he completely delivered me. I had read about the school of the Holy Spirit. But now I entered the school of the Holy Spirit. I've spoken to a number of very religious and what we would consider in our culture to be very Serious Christian people. But when I have pressed them on, are you able to enter the throne room of God? And can you see the physical realm change because of the prayers you pray in the presence of the throne room? Their answer was a puzzling, no, not really, Pastor. What are you talking about? Well, I believe the measure of a man or a woman of God is, can they go into the prayer room and 
do they have free access to enter the throne room of God? And when they pray, are their prayers answered in such a way that the physical realm changes? Can you do that? Have you enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit? If you have not enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit, it is very doubtful that you can be saved. And salvation, dealing with sin, first in your life and then in the lives of others, that's what it's all about. First John tells us, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Sin, rebellion. God came to end any right that Satan thought he had to this earth. This earth is owned by the Lord. He created it. And he has now paid the price to buy it back. And the book with the seven seals has been placed in his hand. And Jesus now possesses the title deed to this earth. And the question is, have you enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and opens by the blood of Jesus the heavenly realm so that you can go and intercede before God and he will answer you. How do we enter this school of the Holy Spirit where a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, learns everything they need to know about first how to enter, what action steps they must take, and then how to be how to behave in the throne room of God. One woman said to me, I go into the throne room of God and there's a table there and it has gifts on it. I grab what I want and run. She will soon be blocked from the throne room of God. You can't act like that in the throne room. It's impolite. It's gross. It's wicked. I made a pledge with the Lord that I would only receive from his hand what he gave me, not what I could grab. And so when I go into the throne room of God, I don't grab for what I think I want. I don't go in with a list of gimmies. I go into the throne room of God to worship and praise and honor my Lord Jesus. And then to ask him, what would you have me ask of you, Jesus, what is it you want me to do? Would you be plain with me? See, I'm, I'm a little slow. 
I need direct conversation. I need real direction. My heart cry is that I might know Jesus in all of his fullness. Now, some of you who are listening consider yourself to be spiritual people. Some of you would even consider yourself to be quite religious. But you have never enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what I'm really talking about. I'm going to open that for you this week. I want you to know in concrete terms how to enter into the throne room of God, how to enter into the school of the Holy Spirit. I have known people who have entered the school of the Holy Spirit only to be kicked out. I know of people who have entered in to a certain level and then been snared by the belief that God is a hard God and now I have to pay the price for my sins. None of that is true. I cannot pay the price. I cannot pay the consequence for my sin. It was all paid for on Calvary. Whatever snare your foot is caught in, wherever you are trapped, the blood of Jesus Christ will break that bondage and set you free. Every snare and every trap is demonic. And the blood of Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth to break that demonic trap from your foot. Jesus came to set us free that we might have life and life more abundantly. So Psalm 25 says, you must have clean hands to ascend the mountain of the Lord. I would abridge that just a bit and say, you must have clean hands to enter into the school of the Holy Spirit. You must have clean hands to enter into the throne room of God. So I want to take you now to the scriptures and we're going to go step by step by step on entering into the school of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have very urgent needs to enter into that holy of holies. Some of you are sick or your husband or your wife is sick and they will die if you cannot get to God. Some of you are in great financial difficulty and you are having to spend every waking moment working, trying to earn enough money just to save yourself and your family. Some of you are in relationships that are very bitter, angry, hard. 
Some of you live in a house where your husband or your wife lives in half and you live in the other half. You don't sleep in the same bed. You don't even speak to one another. You just have a business arrangement. It's too expensive to divorce and so you just eke out your existence. These are all snares of Satan. They're wicked snares. And they can be broken. Some of you have hopes and dreams and you have become quite hopeless and discouraged and and despairing, depressed. You don't know how you're going to make it. You're about to give up. There's another answer. And that answer is to enter into the school of the Holy Spirit and let Jesus take over. But how do you do that? Okay, let's become now very, very practical, and I'm going to share with you today the first step, and if we have time, the second step for entering into the school of the Holy Spirit where you are taught all things about Jesus and where where you are taught how to walk with integrity before Almighty God and where you are walking in such a manner that you are welcomed into the throne room of God and you are not blocked out. Most of humanity is blocked out of the throne room of God. But it is accessible and Jesus' blood will open the way. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now, this is one area, one section of Scripture. But this is not the only section of Scripture that speaks this word. It is given over and over through the Gospels. And then it is enlarged upon in the letters to the churches. The message to the church at Galatia, Ephesians, Philippi. Let's look at what Jesus is saying. He has just been telling the disciples that he is going to be crucified. He's been explaining to them that they must go to Jerusalem and that he's going to suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He's telling them that he must must die. And then he would be raised to life on the third day. Peter takes him aside. And he begins to rebuke the Son of God. I don't know how Peter could even begin to imagine that he had the right or the power to rebuke Jesus. He said to the Lord, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What I'm going to share with you today has nothing to do with the things of men. It is not about religion. It is not about rules and regulations. 
It is what Jesus taught about how to enter in to the school of the Holy Spirit. So you're going to find very quickly that what I'm going to share with you will disagree with much of what you've been taught. Because most of us have been taught, as Jesus said, the things you're teaching are are the things of men. Religion is basically from man's own heart. Now, there is a true religion, and that is Jesus Christ. I'm not interested in the teachings of men. I'm interested in speaking to you very frankly about Jesus Christ and what you must do if you desire to reach God. Now, I recognize that some of you are in the valley of decision, and you've really not decided yet. Listen to what Jesus said. This is Matthew 16, verse 24. If anyone would come after me, that is, if anyone has any desire to follow after Jesus, is there any interest in your heart today? Is there any movement of the Holy Spirit in your heart calling you into the school of the Holy Spirit? Is there any arrow of the Holy Spirit piercing your heart, convicting you of sin that you commit, attitudes that you hold, beliefs that you hold that are false? Now, for some, like those at the church of Laodicea, they were blind and naked and miserable and didn't know what their condition was. And some of you are in that condition. And so you're fat and happy and on your way, wherever that way is. But it's not God's way, it's man's way. And it will result in going to hell. There are only two places we're going to end up. We're either going to end up being brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ or we're going to end up continuing to dwell in the kingdom of darkness. And we get to cast the final vote. So Jesus is wanting us to hear if we have any interest in coming after Jesus. If you're interested in the school of the Holy Spirit, he wants to speak to you today. Now, here's the first step. He must deny himself. In other words, you have to say no to you. It's not easy to say no to anybody. We have a certain sense that we should say yes to everybody. It's especially difficult to say no to ourselves. John talks about that in 1 John. I hadn't planned to go there. You know the, the passage very well, but, but let me just turn to it quickly. over here in the book of John 
not in the gospel, but in but in the epistle of John. Do not love the world or anything in the world. In other words, if you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to say no to the world. Now, the difficulty is we have so mixed the world with the teachings of Jesus that it's hard to know what the world is. He says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That is, if anyone agapes, if anyone sacrifices themselves for the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, and now he's going to identify there are only three things in the world. Number one, the craving of sinful man. That is, those obsessions that rise up in our heart. Those Wow, I have to have that. The lust of his eyes. The boasting of what he has and does. Comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So the first step, if you want to enter the school of the Holy Spirit, is to say no to to yourself. No. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to change the way I live. I'm going to begin to repent before Almighty God for the things I've been doing, the actions I've been taking. I was shocked this last week as I have been struggling with this question of the school of the Holy Spirit again. I was shocked when the Lord told me that I was an idolater. I said, what? How am I an idolater, Lord? Well, let me read for you Galatians, the fifth chapter. So I say, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Why will you not gratify them? Because you will say no to them. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit... If you're led by the Spirit, if you've entered the school of the Holy Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and now he gives us a full hit list of what is involved in the natural inclination of man's heart. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, that is party time. Drunken, loud, crazy. And then he goes to, in verse 20, idolatry. Then witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, 
selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he identifies the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 24, he says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, <clears throat> pardon me, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the school of the Holy Spirit is about teaching you how to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And the first lesson, if you have an inner desire to follow Jesus, is to deny yourself. That is, to say no. To say no. I had to say no to television because I discovered I could not enter into the reading of Scripture and watch television. I discovered that it seared my mind in such a way that I would immediately go to sleep trying to read Scripture. It was boring to me. My heart was lusting after the action and the entertainment. I had to say no to it. The Lord very directly said, turn your television off as I was praying. And so I did. I had to turn off the movies, even the good ones. I had to stop eating certain ways. I had to stop eating sugar, for example. Once in a while, I'll have sugar, maybe once a week a little bit. But basically, I don't eat sugar. And I love sugar. But the Lord said, say no to it. He must deny himself. That is, the natural inclinations of a, of a man's heart or a woman's heart. If you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to say no to those things. No, I'm not going to that party. No, I'm not going to that activity. I was invited to go this coming Saturday to the Renaissance Festival. I used to go with excitement. I loved the Renaissance Festival. In the early hours of the morning, the Lord spoke to me very kindly and said, the Renaissance Festival is filled with snakes and I could see them in my vision writhing and twisting, ready to strike. I said, Lord, thank you. I will not go to the Renaissance Festival. And so I called the person, the people I was going to go with and said, no, I'm sorry. The Lord has told me I can't go. I'm not to go. I don't want to go places that are filled with snakes. And I praise God he showed me the snakes Now, what about this idolatry? What is idolatry? Well, in the first commandment, 
of the Ten Commandments that were given on Mount Sinai in the 20th chapter of Exodus. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods besides me. He is the only God. There are many small G-O-Ds, but they are not gods. They are idols, and they are to be cast out. So I began to ask the Lord, in what way have I been an idolater? Well, it's very simple. I love consistency. And so what I want is to eat the same meal every day. Now, for some of you, that's boring. But when I really enjoy a food, I'll eat it until I'm tired of it. And then I'll, I cook for myself much of the time. So I'll eat that until I'm tired of it. I'll eat scrambled eggs until I'm tired of it. And then I'll go to something else. The Lord said, that's idolatry. I said, how? Well, it's what you want. You're you're filling your hunger. You're not looking at your health. You're not looking at what is good for the temple that I've placed you in. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You were bought at a price. Feed it appropriately. Give it vegetables. Give it protein. Take care of it, Ray. In other words... I'm not allowed to worship the bowl of ice cream. I'm not allowed to worship those natural inclinations that are even innocent, that I get fixated on. No. I have my ways. Well, what are ways? Ways are obsessions that rise in our hearts to watch a certain TV show every week or to do a certain sport every day. I just talked with someone this morning who was telling me that a friend of his has an obsession with kind of golf game where they throw some kind of cylinder to get it in a basket. He's obsessed with that. Some are obsessed with with video games. One man one man loves boxing video games. They're his obsession. He puts it ahead of everything. Puts it ahead of his wife and family. It's where he gains great pleasure. Well, that's idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is placing great affection on anything that is ahead of Jesus Christ. A Christian, by definition, 
is a Christ follower, not a YouTube follower. He may watch YouTubes, but it's not his obsession. He may he may have a bowl of ice cream every once in a while, but it's not an obsession. He may enjoy going to certain places, but it's not an obsession. He doesn't have to go there all the time. He's not obsessed with it. So when we talk about salvation, what are we talking about? We're talking about entering into Jesus Christ and dwelling in him through the blood by the Holy Spirit. It's free. We don't work our way in. It is a gift. It is given to us. Am I saved? Well, in one sense, I'm saved because Jesus has broken the power of sin over my life. But am I saved entirely? No, and I won't be until I'm in the other side. If a man is in the water, drowning, and someone throws him a life raft, is he saved? Yes. His life is spared. But is he saved? No, not until he's on that ship. In other words, salvation is a progressive work of God in our, in our lives as he sanctifies us wholly. As we grow up and mature in Jesus. Now, some of you have been taught you say a little sinner's prayer and you're saved and you're good to go. They lied to you. That's not biblical. There's no sinner's prayer to be prayed in the scriptures. The scriptures say, Jesus said, if you want to come after him, say no to yourself. Because if you don't say no to yourself and allow Jesus to remove that wickedness from your heart, you're not saved. And the result will be what it will be for many Christians who never really entered in, who did not dwell in Jesus. They dwell in their own wickedness and just claim that they had salvation through Jesus. And they still continued to live in their wickedness. Read the last chapter of of Second Peter. Read Galatians. It's everywhere in the Scripture. So, for me, idolatry is when I follow my own inclination, whether it's to desire something ahead of Jesus and go and just buy it because I can. And because of our luxury in this day, we can use our credit card and buy pretty much whatever we want to buy. But if we're led by the Spirit, we'll buy what the Spirit of God leads us to buy. We won't walk in the flesh, in the inclination of the flesh. 
Over here, I read it for you a moment ago. In Galatians, chapter 6, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. This is Galatians 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, start by saying no. Deny yourself. You have to say no to those natural inclinations that have arisen in your heart. And then in the saying of no is also the repentance. We'll deal with that in depth later. The only avenue to Jesus is self-denial and then repentance. Verse 8, this is Galatians 6, verse 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me. How is the world crucified to me? By saying no. No. By being crucified. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. When you enter the school of the Holy Spirit, you become a new creation. And the Holy Spirit begins to move in our heart. He's already called us to follow Jesus. I don't know of anyone who is walking in Jesus who was not called by the Holy Spirit when they were still deep in their wicked sin. The Holy Spirit worked in my life for quite a number of years, calling me and I resisted, calling me and I resisted. I didn't want to leave my sin. I enjoyed it. The Holy Spirit kept coming and piercing my heart and saying, come, come. And finally, I said, yes, I will come. 
and it began by saying, No. No. I will not walk in that wicked way anymore. I want to walk in the ways of God. And in the school of the Holy Spirit, we learn the ways of God. But they're not just intellectual understandings. They're God's ways. That is, they're God's habits. They are his way of walking. They are his They are his personality. And I had to walk away from my own ways. I was raised with two brothers who were older than I. And because they were older and bigger, they on occasion bullied me. And I learned to get even with them. You're going to do that to me? Back at you. If I can't get at you through me, I'll get something set up so that you'll get in trouble with mom and dad. You hit me, I'm going to try to hit you back harder. You trick me, I'm going to try to trick you back worse. And so I grew up with that as one of my ways. And so in high school, I was a very angry young man. I got in quite a number of fistfights. The Lord changed that way and made me a man of peace, a man of compassion and mercy, not a man who had to get even, a man who would forgive a wrong. Those are God's ways, not natural human ways. Natural human ways is to Hit back. So the first step, as the Holy Spirit calls you to himself, as you make a decision that you will follow after Jesus Christ, the first step is you're going to have to identify all of the idolatry in your life, all of the wickedness in your life, out of that Galatians passage. And it's also listed in the book of Revelation. We don't have time to go there. I'll go there tomorrow. But the first step is you're going to have to say no. You will not make any progress in the Christian life until you begin to cut off the television. You begin to cut off the gluttony. You begin to cut off the sexual impurity. If you're in pornography, you like to go on the YouTube videos and see, you're going to have to cut them off or you're not going to, you're not going to get to Jesus. You can be very religious. You may even preach sermons, but you're not going to get to Jesus. You want to get to Jesus? Then you're going to have to say no to you. It was very difficult for me to say no to me in my car where I would immediately turn on the radio and listen to the latest news. The Lord said, turn the radio off. I had to say no to my own heart and yes to Jesus. It's not legalism. It's done by the power of the Spirit. 
He's calling me. He's calling you. If you hear him calling, the first step he'll he'll do with you is to start to say, okay, say no to the world and say yes to me. We'll get into that tomorrow. I'm eager for you to be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. I want you to grow and mature. I want you to have free and easy access to the throne room of God so that when you pray, your prayers are answered. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'd love to hear from you. I invite you to write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're also welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find YouTube videos. You'll find all the information you may want about Pilgrim's Progress or Pastor Ray. I pray this broadcast has been helpful to you today. I pray that you understand what I'm saying and that you will begin now to pray about what you need to say no to and what you need to say yes to. It's no to your ways and yes to God's ways by the power of the blood of Jesus and by the spirit of the living God. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of his glory with great joy Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.